Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. You've been going nonstop. You know, you do need a rest. Um, It's not like you're immortal. Says who? You know the saying, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom. And I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So join me on the flip as we get into talking about of gods and mortals. I'll see you on the flip. I often say as an author that I feel stuck between two worlds, that of the immortals and the mortals. And the reason why is because I always equate what it feels like when I push a book out to the world, a published work, I feel like immortality has passed through this mortal body that I inhabit to go out into the world and live free and be mortal. And it has always gotten me to thinking about that whole thing about gods and mortals and and how we have these powers to create things, even though we have a definite expiration date called death. How is it that we can create things that will live on and on long after our mortal coil has disintegrated back into the earth, you know? And so I wanted to talk about that today. And the reason why I wanted to actually talk about it, I've had it on in my notes of something I wanted to talk about for a while, but I was like, is this just curiosity or is there some wisdom in it? And I let it marinate. And just today, um, I'm working on, you know, projects as usual. And I was going over something and I was like, oh my gosh. And so it came to me that that's the wisdom smack. And so I was like, yep, I'm definitely going to share today uh, this concept that has always been so fascinating to me about the whole idea of being able to be this, this creator, but yet and still we are restrained by that old advisor death. Now, let me just say this. Um, A little while ago, I talked about the death advisor. I really did. And um, I talked about uh, Don Quixote and um, that that book, you know, that we're still trying to figure out, was it a fiction book or was it a biography? What's really going on there? But anyway, I digress. And 
I was looking at how uh, this man's journey took him out into uh, the deserts and, um, and and to work with this shaman and all of the different things that he experienced and the symbols of the the nature of being in the arid lands and how you walk between worlds. And he talked about his adventures with peyote and all these other things. And if you haven't read uh, at least the first book, um, definitely uh, go check it out. It is, it is worth a read because it takes you into different realms. And if you, if you haven't listened to yesterday's uh, podcast, I encourage you to go and check it out. Um, It is, um, I took a chance and you guys liked it. Thank you so much. I was like, oh, we'll see. But and yesterday when I talked about don't get lost in your dreams and I talked about the different dimensions of space and time and parallel worlds and those types of things, uh, it was a lead up to today, even though I didn't realize that it was going to be a lead up for today because I did have something else planned. But We'll get to that then. And I always try to make sure that I'm really tapping in to the zeitgeist of what we need to continue to move forward in this journey of wisdom. Because remember, I am here to be of service to you and to help you have maybe a aha here and there where you're able to say, oh, okay, I see more clearly. And so with that being said, let me get into of gods and mortals, all right? So the premise that I want to stake is this. When it comes to you, and I've said this before, so this is nothing new under the sun. uh, When it comes to you as a being, the wonderful thing that you get along with the um, breath of being able to survive and thrive and live on, on this plane is that you also get this sovereign ability to be you. And when I say the sovereign ability to be you, what I mean is that as you continue to grow and come into your own, you know, past the age of reasoning to adulthood, because I'm talking to adults here, you get to this point where the buck stops here. Yeah. And in most places where you live, um, I don't know about every place on on this world, but in most places where you live, you have the right to do certain things when it comes to you. You have the right to eat or not eat, uh, breathe or not breathe. There is a lot of freedom in, in what you are capable of doing. And I mean, that freedom can even extend to the detriment. Um, There are a lot of things that people do uh, to self-sabotage and to do self-harm and Still, freedom reigns. And so I want to just make sure that I have established that when we're talking about this godhood, I'm not talking about some fictitious god from a game or a mythological movie. I'm talking about the real um, sovereignty that exists in our lives as human beings. And I I, kind of say this with a reverence that I need to give I need to pause and say that. And the reason why I say that is because from the ancestry of my ancestors over the last 400 years, that that sovereignty was not guaranteed. Well, heck, it was it it basically wasn't there. And so when I talk about this sovereignty of of being the Godhead of your life, I say it with reverence and awe and a little trepidation because It's a very powerful thing 
And when you put power in the hands of people and they don't realize how much power they have, sometimes it can be a little a little much. So I just wanted to make sure that I established that so that we can all be on the same page of what we're talking about when we're talking about this Godhead, this Godship. And the next thing I want to say about that, so, you know, I've already said we have this freedom that we can do what we need or what we want, even if you don't want to be here anymore. A lot of people can take that route. And uh, I know that might be morbid, but it, it is a it is a fact that in most places you have that right. Um, but there is something that's even more powerful to me that asserts our sovereignty over ourselves. And that is the ability to create by just sound. And when I say sound, words, or even soundless thoughts. Um, When I was in undergrad, and I was a chemistry major, and we would spend a lot of time in the lab in the upper classes, it was it it was a it was an amazing thing that I don't even I don't even realize I didn't even realize until recently that I halfway believed it. But there's this concept that says when you observe uh, an experiment, especially in biology. So say for instance you have something on a petri dish or under the microscope, and it says that when you observe something as a living entity, the fact that you are observing it causes it to change, and I saw it. I, I I knew it to be so, but at the time it, it didn't sink in. But now it does. And it sinks in because there is a such a powerful creative force that we have that we can think things. And if we continue to think them, they tend to show up in our lives in direct and indirect ways. And it has always been something of a fascination of mine when I've considered that. How is it that we can do this stuff and not even be really trying all hard to do it? It's even been said that one of the best ways to make sure you get something is when you want it, put a lot of true and authentic energy and emotion behind it. And then convince yourself that it's done, meaning you tap into that knowing, and then you try to forget about it. And it will show up. (laughs) And I cannot dispel it. Yep, that kind of stuff happens all the time, not just for me, but for many other people. And that gets me to this whole understanding of we walk between these two realms of having God and goddess power in our lives while still being mortal. And I've always wondered, well, why is it that we have these abilities to create? And on the same hand, we are so um, limited by what we can do with our lives. Uh, Even the Bible talks about how our lives are are but a, a breath, just a spark, because of how time in this realm goes on and on and on. And we come in and out like little lightning bugs. Our lives are like little lightning bugs. And I'm like, why give a lightning bug's little flash that much power? So now that I have taken you guys on my little existential intro, let me bring it back down a little bit and, and just talk to us, okay? And so what I what I have realized, and this is the wisdom smack that I started to get, what I've realized is that for us 
at this particular time with my limited amount of experience and knowledge, because I don't know everything, don't know much, but what I do know, I happily share, is that we are most content when we are creating, when we are doing, when we are being. There is this uh, series that um, I watched online uh, through Vice, actually on on YouTube, uh, that talks about street vendor icons. And it seems like most of the series was shot in New York. And they get a chance to talk to many people who came to New York as immigrants and who started having food carts. And a lot of them have been around for 20 plus years, some in the 30s of years that they've been serving food every day on the streets in New York uh, to people. And as I was watching them, over and over again, they talked to them and they had this twinkle in their eye. They had this singularity of purpose. And that was that they got up and they were in love with the process of what they did. Now, I've talked about being in love with the process on another podcast. And I I address that one to people who are like me, who don't really have a definitive passion with life, but who have found their passions by being able to do the process. And then the process is what makes you happy. And just like me, they were talking to a few of the people and they were like, I never would have thought I would have done this. They went to school uh, for different things. And uh, one one young man, it wasn't in New York, it was in Lima, Peru. And he talked about how he had was a doctorate in, in in chemistry and came back and opened up a restaurant because when he got back home, he was like, do I really want to do that? And over and over again, they talked about how the process of creating and the process of changing things uh, in their realm of influence is what keeps them going and that they just love it. And the average one of them is standing on their feet for anywhere from 12 to 14 hours a day. And I don't know if you've ever had to stand on your feet that long. I have, and it is not fun. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't think I can do it. Um, But even with that, I am looking at a mortal being and you can clearly see their uh, deatific auras, if you will, when they're talking about what they do for a living and how happy they are. They Over and over again, they say, this card helped me put uh, numerous kids through school. This card helped me to uh, do this and do that. This card has been good to me. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. And so it just speaks to that element in us where we're able to create. And then this is another thing. Uh, Some of them kept talking about the genesis of when they started their cards. And uh, they talked about how they started a cart out of the turmoil of losing a job or um, having nothing else that they could do to feed their families. And it was a true mother of necessity kind of story and situation that has so much leg to it. And it it really sparks the, the notion that we are very powerful. Now, I, there were a few that said, you know, they were immigrants and they were like, this is the best nation. You can come here and you can do X, Y, and Z and da, da, da. And you could just tell their, their, uh, their patriotism was really uh, strong. And it was, it was nice to see. But, not but, <laughs> but, and what I'd like to say is, is that they were on a mission that was so magnetic that when 
they were talking, you could see the people lined up. Some of them even complained, like, I'm hungry. Can you come on over here and stop talking to that camera? And it was just the funniest thing because they were like, I'll be there in a minute. But these people were willing to wait on them and all of that. And there's this uh, saying uh, that says, um, warriors recognize each other. But I, I choose to believe that that's just a formula. I, I choose to believe that the deity in you recognizes the deity in me, and thus we interact. And these people bring sunshine and warmth and happiness to their patrons and their customers. They interviewed people who said that they had been patronizing them for 25 plus years. I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Um, and so with that, I mean, how can you not deny the immortal um, resilience of who we are as people. These, every one of these people that were in this series, that was, everyone was, okay. Yeah, everyone who was in this series has already established a strong legacy in whichever city they were um, being highlighted in. They are known as the king or the queen of this or that. And people come uh, to try their wares and they are a stable. And this is the thing that really got me, that through their creativity, they became so stable that people, they become the pillars of either their community or their corner in a business district where if they don't show up, the equilibrium is off. They become the linchpins of that particular ecosystem. And I was like, that is a God level ability. It really is. When you, when your presence is felt so much that if you're not there, things are off, that's powerful. All right. So I kind of wanted to just make sure I said that. So one of the things that I'm currently working on and and where um, the wisdom smack got me was this part. And that was that me and this whole perfectionism thing of wanting everything to be perfect, of wanting everything to be right. And it has been ongoing all my life. And I'm like, am I ever going to get delivered from it? And at this particular time, I'm like, nope. But that doesn't stop me from being sovereign and being uh, the goddess of my life to do what I can to affect the people that I'm supposed to affect. And so it's like understanding that, yes, I'm mortal. (laughs) But I've got some God level powers and I need to stop restraining myself. And if this is bearing witness with you, I want to just pause and say that even though you feel very mortal, you are very aware of every shortcoming of every bit of your humanity. You are also every bit of a God or a goddess. You are every bit of that immortal coil that continues to go uh, on and on spiraling through um, an affinity. You are able to do so much by just a very thought and a word and an action. You're able to change the course of the lives of many. And that is so powerful to me. And so with that, I started looking at the juxtaposition of immortality and death. And Napoleon, yes, that Napoleon, Napoleon Bonaparte came up to me. And uh, one of his sayings, I've talked about it before, but one of his sayings really stuck home with me. And he said uh, that you must separate to live, but unite to fight. 
And when I was mulling over that, when I'm, you know, considering what is it about the fact that we are very mortal, but we can do immortal things? What is that? It came to me as understand saying that we have to die daily. And by us dying daily, we are able to have immortality. And in that quote unquote dying daily, and you'll find that concept throughout many different trainings, many different religious disciplines and philosophies of dying daily. And when I say the dying daily, meaning that each morning you get this brand new mercy, and that you are not the person you were yesterday, you are hopefully better, or you are new, and, <laughs> excuse me, guys, you're able to do it uh, fresh each day, kind of like a Groundhog Day, except for you're not doing the same exact thing, but you wake up and you get a reset. And when Napoleon was talking about separate to live and unite to fight, it was kind of like, when he talked about that part about separate, because this is a strategy that he would use with his troops to be able to uh, move as both individuals and as a large mass. Uh, you see, when he was coming up and the way he was doing things was very innovative at that time. And instead of uh, adhering to the quote-unquote gentleman's rules of how you engage in warfare, which was very formal, practical, and very blockish and very uh, automaton, he was able to become very agile. And he actually gave hints of what, what we would come to know as guerrilla warfare. And so when he talked about this whole separate to live part, to me, that's the part of us that is very mortal. And that is always trying to do what we can with what we have. We are very aware of our limitations. We are aware of our flaws. And we are aware that we have an expiration date. But we separate to live. We separate to become agile. We separate to be uh, individual and to have some type of meaning um, when it comes to this mortal life of ours. But then he goes back to say, unite to fight. And with this unite to fight, it's not necessarily in, in my interpretation of, of this wisdom that I got. Um, I was thinking in just the terms of when he says unite to fight, putting all his troops back together. But it goes a little deeper. And remember, I'm, I'm saying and I continue to say that everything we look at has numerous meanings and secrets. There's always another code, another secret to be revealed. And so when I was looking at it today with my notes and the whole idea of this God and mortal kind of uh, situation coexisting within us, when I looked at Unite to Fight, I was like, oh my gosh, that's the understanding of it all. Okay, so there was uh, an article that came out that I clipped. And um, the article is, uh, it, uh, excuse me, the article talked about, I should say, how our brain, our minds, not our brain, but our minds are not necessarily anywhere in our bodies. They can be, but not necessarily. And it says that the name of it is, it says scientists say that your mind isn't confined to your brain or even your body. Yep. And so 
Um, I clipped it and I was reading it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is fascinating. And so it was kind of like, okay, wisdom was really working with me on this because I was like, oh, this can't be coincidence that I am thinking about this whole Godhead and uh, mortal within each other and this shows up. And so the the article goes on. What so what it says is, is that um, they have this doctor Doctor Siegel. Um, he's a professor of psychiatry at USA uh, UCLA, and he uh, put together a book in back in 2016 that said a journey to the heart of being human. And what he was talking about was he was talking about how he had gotten together with a lot of different uh, professors and doctors of different disciplines, neuroscientists, physicists, sociologists, anthropologists. And what they were trying to do was come up with the understanding of what the mind really is. And after a lot of discussion and a lot of observation, they decided and, and discovered that the mind cannot be contained. And when I was looking at the Napoleon separate to live, meaning be mortal, and then unite to fight, I took that as be immortal, be godlike, because your mind cannot be just contained. You know, if we want to think of the mind, the soul, the spirit, or whatever, we truly can get a better understanding of that, yeah, they're not necessarily talking about just being contained in your body, because your your spirit, your mind, whatever, can fill a room up. You know, you can control the emotional swing of a of a situation by you know sheer force of will or just the effervescence of your personality and so with this unite to fight it was like wow we have the ability to expand and to become larger than our life at will and so that makes us a god and a mortal at the same time so now in my last few minutes as I'm, I'm wrapping this up, what I want to talk about is at this particular time, being a God and mortal or somewhere in between gives us the, the ability to do way more than we're used to doing. And I say that because when you start looking at things in, in this um, arena, a whole bunch of stuff starts opening up to you. It's kind of like you unlock levels. And Knowing these kinds of things, like, for instance, now, this is just an example, knowing how uh, you are uh, able to see and learn more about yourself to become self-aware or this one, impulse control. How you're able to, once you start understanding how much sovereign power you have, how much you can get your mind to start gathering all the expressions of you to help you to do more, to be more, to focus more, to have more confidence, more motivation, um, more self-reliance, more self-awareness and perception. And all of these things just by collecting yourself, uniting yourself, remembering all of the good things that you have done in the past. And if you've done them in the past, you'll surely do them again. And how we uniquely have that ability to encourage ourselves to get stuff done, it's a very powerful thing. And so when we look at this, it, uh, yes, there is the weight of freedom that I talked about earlier, how we are sovereign and the buck stops here with us. You know, nobody at this particular time, nobody forces you to ingest stuff. No one forces you um, to, to sleep or to get up or, or to do most things. And we still have that power, but we also have this 
heaviness of understanding that at least in this particular interpretation, we are limited by humanity. We are limited by the fact that we do need to sleep. We are limited by the fact that we do need um, to be aware that uh, the death advisor is sitting on our shoulder and that we will have an expiration date. Les Brown talks about there is uh, no way out, but the but this one way. And I'm I'm murdering how he says it. He says it much more eloquently than I do. Um, but what he talks about is he talks about how when you are doing something in life, just remember that we're all going out of here the same way. For the most part, yeah, we're we're all going through the same portal door, however you want to look at it. Uh, that is called death. But in the meantime and in between time, while we have the expression of being able to be here in our right mind with our faculties about us and uh, hopefully the ability to move within our body, we can wreck up some stuff. We can go to the limit. And so he uses it as a way to get yourself motivated. He uses it as a way for you to um, live your best life put it pedal to the metal and go forward. And what I'm saying is, it's like Napoleon um, Bonaparte said, separate to live. When when it comes down to it and you have to do the necessary survival task, that's your mortality, keeping you uh, in the game here, keeping you alive, keeping you humbled enough to do that which extends your life. But when it is time to excel and as he would put it to fight, unite, gather every expression of who you are. If you have to go back and look at the things from the past that you have been able to do. Some people keep brag books. Some people keep pictures. Some people keep journals and go back through them. Sometimes you have to go and remember yourself so that you can tap into that godhood that helps us to do great and powerful things that leave an immortal legacy. And I'm going to tell you, just, just, just tell, I'm just going to say it. Every time I publish a book, I look and shake my head. I'm like, I know that wasn't me because what it took to publish that book is just, it's just something. And understanding that when I am no longer here, those books will still be here. it, It blows my mind still to this day after all those books, but still I'm getting lessons and getting uh wisdom smacks from it that hopefully It's making sense to you and it's pinging you to understand too that you live two lives. You have a double expression of yourself. Yes, you are very mortal, but you are also immortal. You're so immortal that the same scientists uh, that we talk about have understood that in each one of us, in our DNA, in our skin, in every expression of us physically, we all contain stardust. Yes, we all contain uh, materials from the universe that are billions and billions and billions years old. And it's just a simple little reminder that we are of the God class. So y'all, guess what? Mm -hmm. My time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spivey, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom with today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So thank you. And remember that you are a god or goddess as well as a mortal and they work hand in hand make the best of your life here remember who you are and dare to do more understand that when you're separating to live that's your mortality keeping you safe and when you are uniting to fight that is your godhead 
pushing you up to the heavens to be able to do more than you can or you thought you could. So I'm going to see y'all tomorrow. Don't forget to check the show notes and like, share, and comment. And thank you so much and have a wonderful rest of your day. I'll see you later. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, Uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.